It's that real shit, yo. Butterfly in the sky. Come on! I can go twice as high. Let's get it on. Take a look. Nigga. In a book. My nigga. Reading rainbow. You think it's a game? I can go anywhere. Suck my dick. Friends to know. My nigga. Ways to grow. Nigga. Reading rainbow. Here we go again. I can be anything. Same old shit. What? Take a look. Nigga. In a book. My nigga. Reading rainbow. This is the shit I be talking about. Reading Well, there you have it, folks. That was, uh, we've got the news this week that, uh, uh, hell, a heavyweight in the rap world, DMX, passed away due to, uh, from the preliminary reports, a drug-related heart attack, but uh, lingered in a coma for a few days. It was a real sad story, ultimately. I mean, people can say anything they want, but RIP to uh, DMX, 1970-2001. So we we played that clip just because it's so entertaining and DMX has a lot of songs that are pretty heavy duty. So uh, I figured a little lighthearted, uh, lighthearted fun would would be uh, necessary on a day like today. So yeah, there you have it. Cool man, what's going on? Hey, we got someone with us today, old friend of mine. <laughs> Sinis, oh, what's your stage name? Sinistalian. Sinistalian. All right. Sinistalian skill. Danny Skill, how you doing, man? Pretty good, man. How are you? Oh, man. Living the dream, you know. Danny's uh, uh, in the EDM world, and I, like I've said before on here, I'm, I'm ignorant to that, to that world. Danny is a uh, producer. He's in the EDM world, and like I've said before on, on here, I'm, I'm ignorant to the EDM world. So um, we've had a DJ on... Uh, previously, and uh, she, she, um, I don't know. I guess her, her, what she does was different than even I thought it it was. And and the way she made it sound was she's playing uh, other people's music that's produced, and then doing this mis mishmash of the whole thing. And and then I listen to some of your stuff, and it's more. Um, it's just it's different you know it's like when that when someone says heavy metal it's like oh well you got death metal power metal thrash metal and it, it seems like the edm circuit kind of has the same thing so this in particular is probably like a psychedelic trance psychedelic music all around you got different genres like I've, we've talked about before you got the side dub uh the drum and bass type stuff uh, but it all falls within the psychedelic element and like you said, it, it does sound different from the normal EDM thing that you're used to hearing in a club. Uh, these are the type of music that you'd probably be hearing at like festivals outside for three days. Um, even the development of the music uh, came from overseas, a place called uh, Goa, India. Uh, and uh, everybody was doing clubs out on the beach. And there was a couple guys out there that started throwing parties out there, and one of them was named Goa Gill. And Goa Gill started, uh, they started like chopping up music and like making their own songs with it. Uh, but of course, they're all heavily on the acid and mushrooms. And, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and that's one thing about the EDM world that I've noticed. And <clears throat> like, I've, I went to raves way back in the 90s, man. But, uh, <laughs> and, the, you know, the psychedelic element is always. 
present at any any concert, but it's certainly prominent in in the EDM uh, world. Not that it's a bad thing uh, either. Uh, I think it makes the experience all that much better. And I and I think the psychedelic trance is uh, it's built on the, the mechanics of psychedelics. Um, like I were talking about before, uh, the repetitions of the bass lines mixed with you know some of the kick drums it get your brain into the same frequency rhythms and it produces that trance-like state. Hmm. Um, then you got these other type of genres that uh, they're, they're more, uh, I don't know how to explain them. If It's more of like an ambient music. It's like uh, you can take like a more traditional sense of how music is built because obviously the 4-4 uh, methodology is a lot different than normal music, you know. That's why people have trouble getting into it because it's just that repetition of four 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 yeah. four you know but if you understand it it'll get you into one of those trance-like states and hmm. well one thing i've uh i noticed with i listened to a few different tracks you had on uh, soundcloud or, or something i think I, but uh you have some that that are prominent with the percussion and have that uh like tribal feel like you're talking about but then you, there's also some that you have that is almost no percussion or no prominent percussion and the bass is a is a bass seems like the real prominent theme through Your the driver. whole song yeah and that that was a that one definitely it threw me off i don't mean that in a bad way it was just you, you know your brain as a musician like you said you're constantly reaching for that four four you know where's the beat and and it to listen to something like that it kind of pulls that away you know, you just kind of have to listen to it for as it as it develops. Yeah, like I said, there's a there's a science to it in a way I would say, but that's putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, you can take on the tribal aspect of it. Um, like I said, the low basses. Um, uh, one of my buddies he did the journal about uh, what psychedelic music does to the brain, and they had him up on the EGG or the EEG, sorry. And uh, they started producing theta waves and delta waves, and that's the same kind of waves that you produce while you're in your restorative REM sleep. So you can do this and obtain this, listening to this music while you're awake. And then, uh, you know, of course, just the feeling of it is you can, there's all sorts of different ways of going, you know. Okay, what's the best way to achieve that? Okay, if you're uh, headphones or... Um... Well, headphones are good, you know, you're putting it right in your ear, you know, but like, uh, preferably outside, you know, that's kind of how this works, you know, like the music also is almost ritualistic, you know, because you got your crowds, you, the dancing, the, the energy with yeah. it, you know, uh, like a lot of the earlier stuff with the trance music that I was doing before, it was, it was really very stompy, you know, everybody's jumping and getting at it, you know, and just... The energy is conducive with everybody else and with the music, and if you've heard it before, like you'd understand, you know, it's like a DMT shot in the space. You know? Ooh, baby, let's go deep, <laughs> boy. That, whoa, those three letters, man. I tell you what, that's a whole different experience if we're gonna go psychedelic route. And that's uh, that's the place that some of this stuffs can take you to. And like I said, there's different ways of achieving that with different kinds of music. Is that? Um, is that inspired as as far as a producer role um has that inspired you some of the um, psychedelic trips later on you know i didn't start doing the psychedelics until later 
you know, I was just producing music and it was just a progressive trance, you know, the Paul Oakenfold and uh, Paul Van Dyke and Ferry Corson and all that, the mainstream stuff. Uh, but then, you know, I discovered a psychedelic trance from a friend of mine and then started going out to the desert parties and then just getting turned more onto different types of music that started to leave, like the rave scene, you know. It, it, and it's like, how do you put an acid trip into sound? You know, wow. Like technology developed, you know, <laughs> technology developed. People got smarter into like uh, sound frequency and how to, how to use rhythm to hypnotize the mind, like the golden ratio. You've heard of the golden ratio. Yeah, yeah like um, the, the drummer for Tool, he does it. He does it in his drumming, you know, and those certain rhythms, you know, produce you in hypnotic states. Hmm. Uh, and, and everybody's doing it actually, even Maynard. I can't exactly tell you what song they do it in, but like they're all doing the golden ratio. But uh, there, there's a method behind the madness, you know. Oh, for sure, man. And it's, you know, music is, and I'm, there's outliers, I'm sure, but, you know, music is so prominent in everything we do, you know, from <clears throat> just day-to-day -day activities around the house to working out to grieving to, you know, whatever. And there's always something to latch on to. So it's like when you hear a certain tone or a certain frequency, like you're saying, there's something stored in there that it can bring to the surface you know I've, I've heard I've listened to songs and it's taken me back to a memory so prominent that I can I remember the smell you know hmm. so it's it's interesting that you know they actually study that stuff as far as the frequencies and how it plays on the mind frequency the rhythm of it you know the repetitions um, man like music with hypnotic suggestion you know um, but like the rhythms and percussions and everything are very technical. The time changes, like before, I, it was my understanding you couldn't do time changes on uh, the you know production computers and all that. And then when they finally started doing that, like everything just started taking off. Like you know you hear these weird kick drum drags, you know, that sound like zipper cracks, you know, like all kinds of stuff. Like uh, they manipulate audio. Uh, lay it out on a keyboard and sample it up and sequence it and turn it into rhythm or leads. You know, they use like, you know, um, suggestion, you know, that it's not what you think it is, you know, like they'll take like a, a drum sound and turn it into something else, you know, it'll, hmm. it'll be another driving lead to that hypnotic suggestion, you know, or sometimes it's uh, the bass lines, you know, that you're following. There's all different kinds of rhythms, you know, you got like galloping ones, you got really just fast pulsing ones, you know, or then you get to these other genres where they're more slower and drawn out and gives more room and expansion for more environment to experience, you know, and sound instead of really fast paced music and you're just being assaulted with sound. Yeah. You know, which is probably not for like the beginner, you know, but, you know, that's why I've kind of gotten into like more tribal music as you've kind of described it which it that's kind of what I'm going for the ritualistic low bass but psychedelic uh, persuasion and I don't know uh, what do you call it I can't think of the word right now but uh that's kind of what we try to do uh, also you can use just regular sound for meditation We've uh, talked about the binaural beats before. I know some people use it to study. Some people use it to go to sleep. 
um, but those are the the same or the same waves that are produced when you listen to this music. One thing I I, I noticed um, I couldn't tell you the track. That's one of the ones I listened to of yours on SoundCloud. Is the element that it it's a surround sound uh, and I I don't mean that as I said it. You know what I mean it. it and I listened to it through headphones, and I mean, it literally felt like I was in a room surrounded by that bass, and I'm, and I think that's what you were going for, and it, 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 it hit me a little different than, than most ED, and like you said, some of it can just be an, a total assault on the system, and <laughs> it, it, it's disorienting, you know, but when something like that, especially as smooth as that was with the bass, and, you know, I would have almost put it in the like a cello but it just never ended and the change was so smooth it wasn't like a, a a key changing on a piano or anything it was it was just a totally smooth transition and obviously it has to be done digitally you can't do that yeah but um, it was so cool man i mean especially listening in the headphones and it's like you close your eyes and you're in a different room almost yeah people are using these productions as uh, orchestras and like as whole bands without having the band if you know the tool you can produce a vast amount of music and like uh i use anything from just like electronic sounds like i i don't really use samples the only samples that i really use are just like actually drum hits uh, whether it be like kick drums, hi-hats. Uh, for a while there, I was even used a synthesizer that produced uh, snares and kick drums. You know, it was pretty strange. It was pretty cool. Um, but other than that, everything's written in. Like, I'll use traditional instruments, uh, a lot of Asian instruments I've been using lately. Or, we'll just call it Eastern because it pretty much hit India and China and all right, that. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> I like things like that, you know. I really get into those meditative, ritualistic type of things. I've even created songs with uh, some magical words. Is that something you do just naturally, like in like for your own benefit, is meditation and and I'm, 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 is is they are they related? Is your love of this kind of music related to the, the music came first? Okay, the music came first, and it wasn't until later, you know, I I realized what was happening, you know. Uh, the music was always something empowering to me and it even makes you feel godlike in a way you know people who don't understand it you know they'll probably just you know I don't know there's a lot out there it, it's totally different it's an acquired taste yeah it's definitely, it's definitely weird weird yeah. events <laughs> I whenever I was working at Live Nation and they would have like those events where they'd have the DJs and the producers and stuff doing all that stuff and making that kind of music and they have an ambient night and it's like and that's on the lower key too yeah and it's well and, and they they had a they had the one event that i was telling you about with the puddle cuddle oh which yeah, puddle yeah. Cuddles, like you probably know what that is it's freaking weird but um but yeah the puddle cuddles is like they had the event and it, the week started where it's like what he's talking about like more higher like level a lot more energy a lot more that and then throughout the week it just kind of slowly entered into this like this thing where you're on you're like a ride and you're just going through all the different forms of music uh that they were of you know that kind of music and it's just leading into this like ambient 
relaxed cool down yeah cool down like day and like by the end of it everybody was like bringing their pillows and their blankets and stuff to the venue and they were laying down blankets and like bed type things you know like pads and stuff and they were just all like just laying down and that there was like all this psychedelic stuff that was all over like the walls and stuff all these people were doing all these visuals cool. and behind the d like the djs and the djs were just like playing this like real calm music that just led into that world i always so. said clubs should have uh bean bags <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> might even describe your bean bag yeah well i mean obviously the <clears throat> i mean there's the the psychedelic element, you know, and I, and I mean that's in all music, but it's definitely yeah, man, a big and deal. yeah, and, and like so much other kind of like I, I don't know, describe like actual music, you know, like the the jazz, you know, I I know a couple yeah. guys they really heavy on that, like uh, because it's in there and it's all math, and these guys are sitting there with their fucking calculators, just like hitting it all up and just writing it all in they're playing it to their guitars and it's just crazy ass fucking just jazz shit but they're playing it but it's this music you know of course with all the the effects and sequencing and edits and things like that and these guys are really heavy on the high fidelity of it and my stuff i i wish i was that to that point you know i mean i'm getting there i'm learning more and more all the time and of course like having things like better monitors you know, so I can produce my music and get a truer sound of what I'm creating. So, <clears throat> does uh, consumption of certain psychedelic substances? Um, well, I smoke. Does that? I smoke pot a lot. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, okay. That's does that? And that's just basic. <laughs> does that aid in? Uh, yeah, but I find it harder to write music like. Under the influence of like mushrooms or LSD or something like that. I do too. That's a lot harder to concentrate unless like I had something like massively put together and it's like, okay, now I just want to put some like just trippier shit in it, you know, and I'm just like crashing on the keys and just editing shit, you know. Yeah, I always, uh, everybody that's ever told me that they've written or recorded while on a trip, it Dude, just blows my mind. That's how I wonder like how, uh, What's his name from the Doors? Did Jim it, Morrison. Know? Jim yeah. Morrison. How the yeah. fuck did he do it? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I the, I will say that some great creative ideas come to you. Oh yeah, probably like after the fact. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm not generating it until after after it's all over, you know. Yeah, you know, and it'd probably like I'd start out playing with it and then it'd probably be like, all right, you know, just put this away and <laughs> yeah. just really dive into it in there, you know. Yeah. And it's like you're in that state, you wanna enjoy it, you don't wanna yeah, think too hard. Yeah, then it becomes more like you're fighting it. <laughs> you know, and who wants to do that? Yeah. You know? But uh Hell yeah. But uh, I used <laughs> I used to test my songs uh, back in the day on DMT. Yeah, Whoa. like I, I would write a song out and then I'd kind of test it to kind of like, and then that's all I had really readily available to me. Okay, so how did that? Because DMT for me has always been well, not always, but most of the time becomes an semi-conscious, uh, uh, well, not unconscious. Um, so I'm not here anymore. I'm I'm somewhere in and I'm in another dimension. So it's like, does the music that you're if say you have your phone, does that actually influence your trip, or does the DMT just take hold and it's like, <laughs> strap in, bitch. <laughs> it it does take hold, and I call it the cosmic download. And uh, yeah, 
That is the best way I've heard it described. Cosmic download, man. All the love, understanding, and knowledge. Pretty much, man. And existence, and it hits you in 10 minutes. Yeah. How much can you pull back and take with you? No shit, man. And in the last few times I did it, like I said, it uh, it's more inward. More, It was more of an inward thing. It was like I kind of felt like I was going back towards where, like, the beginning and the end is, you know, back to source. Wow. Yeah. Um, just a vast nothingness was probably about the last time I remember doing it. Yeah, you can get to the amnesia phase pretty It easy. wasn't even amnesia. It was just where I was, you know. It was just a bubble of just vast nothingness, you know. And that's kind of where we uh, think of where existence, where existence is and what's uh, behind that, which is nothing, according to some magicians and a lot of other practices. <laughs> But uh, that's kind of what it felt like, and I probably didn't know that at that point until probably at this this point in my life. But sometimes it was other trips like uh, just blasting off somewhere, like the total environment has changed. Yeah, outside I could imagine is way better than being in a room. But I, man, I don't know. It's like it takes you so far. It's like doesn't being in a room doesn't, doesn't do it justice. I mean. I mean, it does and it doesn't. I mean, it just depends on the mind. But, I mean, I'd prefer to be outside. Yeah. Know? Dude, that's the wildest. I mean, and like I said, I, I'm I'm an atheist, which in Oklahoma is about equivalent to yelling jihad at the airport. Right. But, <laughs> but uh, that, man, that stuff will... It'll it'll definitely trigger some of those big questions. And definitely, man. And that's kind of like the route I had been exploring th- was through psychedelics. And DMT was probably like the most strongest one I've ever tried. There's others out there. Oh man. But uh, that's why I uh, well part of why I started uh, studying ceremonial high magic. And uh, really, you start learning about the mechanics and physics about existence and what that really is you know and where it comes from i mean it starts going off into other things and religious aspects you know and gods and this and that but like before all that when you're learning about the mechanics of these things about words and vibration and elements and things like that like it kind of starts explaining these things and even people that see some of these entities like elves and things like that those have been described throughout time and eons uh, start talking about the nephilim uh Nephilim, uh, the oldest, the oldest piece of artwork in the world apparently is a is a little figurine that kind of looks like an elf or a goblin or whatever. Really? Yeah, and it's in the Metropolitan Museum in New York. And what it is is thought to be a Nephilim. I tell you what, man, that is one thing that is very odd. Well, not odd. I think it's, uh, it's fucking cool as hell, That's actually. Crazy, yeah. That as a molecule that is so simple and literally a building block of life. Every carbon-based life form has it in it to some level, even if it's minuscule. We all have it. And when we consume it, we have similar experiences across person to person. And I, I, I don't believe in a personal God, interventional God, but I will say that that has opened my mind to a level of connectedness. So it's said that consciousness is all one with everybody, that we just are divided through ego, that we're perceiving differently through our different egos, but yet 
at the the end all end all it's all just one consciousness whether it's male female or anything it's the same fucking thing yeah it's definitely consciousness yeah Yeah. and that's part of what the magic is and that's they say when when you leave and you obtain all these things and you've ascended you've you actually experience this through those eyes through everybody's eyes through everything like the the understanding is there and uh, they call that the dissolution of ego yeah um and that's probably that's probably exactly what happens on dmt it's very humbling right oh my god oh yeah and Um, even on some of your mushroom trips or your acid trips i mean you realize things about yourself whether they're good or they're bad you know you mm -hmm. get that introspection that you would never get yeah and that's what we were uh we were talking about the other day it was uh that um I, i know people that have done like ayahuasca and like did the 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 trips and stuff and they ask themselves questions and then they they whenever they come back from it they they know the answers and they they are less afraid of things and they're they're more like oh wow i can go do this business i can go do this and it's because they're not afraid no more and it's because they know that it's going to be okay if they do what they want to do but like but a lot of it comes from that experience because a lot of it is not good in ayahuasca like that people they use it for ptsd and stuff because it pulls all that bad stuff from the back part of your mind into the front and then you fight it and once you get rid of it like it's not it's there but it's you now know that you can control it and you can actually do better and stuff because and that's part of what uh high magic is or just any sort of those practices. I shouldn't just say it's just high magic. Any of, it, of those practices is merging your subconscious with your conscious, the higher self with your earthly self, your physical self. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what it is, you know, like because really it's you're fighting yourself all the time, whether it's like your addictions or like how you interact with people, how you, you know, how, how you perceive and how you act, you know, it's it's all based on your ego, you know. And then you gotta take your own will to your mind and carve the life for yourself, you know. And this, the air in front of us, or even beyond more than air that we see in front of us, is impressionable by, by us, by just our thoughts, you know. And people don't really understand that. Well, they're understanding more and more now, you know, through psychedelics, you know, because now the fucking curtain's off their eyes and they can see. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, I, you know, I had taken like mushrooms, LSD a couple of times way back, you know, when I was in my early, early twenties, you know, and they just, I, the, you know, you get married and have a kid. You don't really hang with those people very often or at all. So I never, I didn't get reintroduced to psychedelics till I was in my thirties and I had always wanted to do what I'm doing and start a business and, and build this thing. And I did not have the balls to do it until I took a heavy psychedelic trip. It puts things in perspective. It put, it put a, a time limit on things for me. It made me realize like, you know, you only get one shot at this thing. What you gonna do? Hell, man. Like I said, like uh, our environment is impressionable by the things we do and how we think. And like, if your focus is in your business, you know, and you put your your mind and your heart into it, you know, it it will happen. You yeah, know? on some level. Yeah, on and some level. And that's what when me and my wife were talking about it, she's like, "Well, you sit around and you talk rock and roll with your buddies, anyways." 
Why not? Yeah, no shit. You know? Why not? And possibly <laughs> in the future, you know? Right. You'd be a living. Hey. So. Yeah, and me at this point for music, it's like I, I just kind of do it because I like it, you know? Um, COVID, of course, you know, there's not a whole, whole lot going on right now. Yeah. Um, but it's slowly starting to come back. I see um, people are gathering more. The masks are starting to come down a little more. Um, but uh, well, where you said your prime mar uh, markets are like up in Wisconsin and area, that area. Uh, up north, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota. Um, they they do a lot of events up there and have for held the last fifteen years, I think, or so. I didn't come in until probably about two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, and we were still coming up from Oklahoma all 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 throughout the year, you know, um, doing the three day gatherings, you know, take your ten or. Whatever, <laughs> you know. So, are you, wait, you're, are you from Oklahoma originally? No, I'm from California. From California. California. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I came out here, yeah, about 12 or 13. Oh, okay. Yep, yeah. Yeah, because we met at Quad, or a commercial print company uh, <laughs> that is no longer in Oklahoma. But, uh, and... I, I, you know, I knew you, you told me that you was in the music and all this and I'm like, okay, you know, kind of always in parallel cause I was still doing the rock thing or trying to and, uh, failing very slowly, but, um, uh, you know, we just never really crossed paths in that aspect. And it's kind of, I just, it's kind of weird because usually musicians seem like there's always running into each other, you know? But, yeah, man. I I kind of looked into it here, here and there. Um, didn't really have much, I don't know, good experience with what I did play around here. You know, it just kind of went nowhere. Like again, this sound is a lot different. Like, mm. it's not particularly to the club sound. And even when like psychedelic music is at the clubs and stuff, it's still kind of the more the generic, clubbier types sides of it. You know, I don't know. It's 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 a different ball game. Yeah. So, like, what's the, is, I mean, phrase this question right, I'm sorry. Um, when you play to your audience, you know, that's that's something I always say as being as part of a band or whatever. I don't, I, I, I never played to the back of the house. So, like, when you size up an audience, does your set list change based off of that? Or you just say, this is my show and No, definitely. And, like, it depends on where I'm at, too. Like, and even California's taste is different from what it would be in the Midwest. In the Midwest, they tend to like it a little heavier. They like it like a sonic assault, you know. <laughs> they like it anywhere from uh, 135 all the way up to, like, 200 BPM. Oh, my know? God. Yeah. That's like a machine gun. I call it bonkers. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it, it's bonkers, you know. Like, but it, it depends on the way it's produced, you know. There's some really good stuff out there that's produced at such BPMs, you know. But sometimes it's just, it's just fucking noise, you know. Whoa. But it it, it depends on where you want to go because, like, I think like a fucking machine or a train, you know, because it's running that fast. Yeah. When you mix everything, it it gets everything going, man. It really does. And again, it just depends on the mind and people have these experiences where the break is the high you know so is mo most of your events are outdoors i would figure most of them yeah 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 and to me like and this is just my opinion and like it doesn't really sound as good <laughs> you know inside the clubs you know oh really yeah i don't think so because it, it depends on who's engineering your sound you know and really like i've noticed that it's just like all low end you know you can't hear like the dynamics of sound you know but hmm. it also could be, too, just the tracks that are being played, you know, because you get a lot of that, too, with DJs not playing the 
kind of proper tracks, you know. I mean, I, indoors, outdoors makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I well, there, there's a lot of reasons why besides the the fidelity of the sounds, you know, but it it depends on the produced track, you know. Um, but usually the sound is pretty good, you know. I played on a lot of good stuff, Function One stuff. Um, I don't know if you've seen some of those. It's pretty cool. No, I haven't. Um, like I said, I'm, you're lacing me up right now when it comes to this stuff. But uh, I'm interested in it, man. Like I said, uh, when you were talking about how it, it can almost put you in a trance-like state, and then, you know... Without the drugs, you know? Yeah, even then it's like, well, okay, I'll check it out. And then I was when that, that one was playing and it was just that, that bass, no tempo, but that bass. And somehow it still had a a cadence or a tempo you could keep with but my brain I'm, I'm looking for that count off one two three four and it's like I, it just wasn't there but yeah. it, it all stayed together too after a while you, you'll train yourself you'll train yourself because like when you like uh, are used to the tracks and you know it's coming you know a lot of people just embrace the music and let it happen where you get people like me or her like constantly analyzing the music and shit fucking you know <laughs> which Kind of sucks because it's like if I'm trying to do any kind of meditation, it's like almost music being on is probably like a no-go because my brain's already going to like try and <laughs> follow the music when I should be over here, you know, focusing. But some of that music helps. I've like even got into, they call it like pagan folk music. It uh, sounds reminiscent of like fucking Viking music, you know, like you're watching like Viking music. Oh, dude. Like, yeah. yeah, my girlfriend got me into that shit. Like, so like is that would you say more percussive by name by that a little bit of both man they got like they like a couple of these bands like they go old school like uh there's a couple of them Danheim and uh Heilung or Heilung uh Wadruna and they're like uh they use like traditional instruments man like the lyre remember that <laughs> the lyre <laughs> and fucking uh the lute but like some of their drums you know are made of like skulls and shit yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they have like ships on the stage and shit. Yeah. I know there's a metal band, Amon Amarth, I think is the name Amon of Amarth. Them. Amon yeah, yeah. They're, they're Viking metal, but That's... no. Yeah, there's ones that are there's like no uh, metal about this. Yeah, there's there's no um like there's the Viking metal like bands that that there's the ones that are like different than what that that is because you're like mainstream ones like what you're talking about. They're they're more like metal metal. Yeah. Like but the other ones, they have a lot of like different they, sounds and stuff in their music. They're using synthesizers and stuff. Yeah, so that yeah. too. Yeah, so they kind of like do like the traditional Viking sound. You know, they're even in uh, the Viking TV show. Uh, huh. They've been on the uh, Assassin's Creed games. Uh, but they combine that with just minute synthesizer. Sorry, folks. They had the old storm alarm check here in Oklahoma which is absolutely necessary this time of year so uh, <laughs> I'll take a pause for the cause on that one and on that note that vape pen was strong this is very uh, I've been I've been struggling to keep it together I'll just say that you snuck one in on me but uh, I like these things. bravo yeah good one good one <laughs> so Going back into it, like, what are some of your more most uh, memorable gigs? I know you played a pretty big gig up in Wisconsin. I remember it because you were telling me about getting caught up in a storm. Oh man, we were going up to Wisconsin with uh, my girlfriend and my dad. I know we're gonna go uh, play a show with one of my friends, 
and uh, we pretty much we'd probably already crossed the border to Wisconsin stopped at a gas station I think uh, I had dry, driven all the way from here from like 7 o'clock at night to like hell I think it was about 10 o'clock in the morning the next day so I finally just broke down I was like I had my girlfriend drive you know and uh, man as soon as I had her drive man like started getting storm alerts on the phone and my dad's all fucking researching it checking it out and talking about wind advisory and then like it starts raining like crazy and we've already had a pre-endeavored to, to the rain and shit so she's like mm -mm. so i hop in and good fucking thing because we start getting down further into it and then all the tornado fucking shit starts going off on the phone jesus and we don't know where we're at you know we know we're getting close about 45 minutes away i had just talked to my buddy and he hit me up he was like dude we just had a tornado here where you're coming he's like so look out and i'm like yeah i know everything's going off they're looking at it right now and you're stuck on the road well, we're on the freeway, man. There's not a whole, whole lot of exits. Like, uh, so we turned off all the tunes and we start listening to like uh, probably all like the NPR type shit, whatever it right. is out there, you know, that's going to be naming off all the places, you know, get the fuck out of here. So we're like looking at signs, you know, and they're trying to look at the Google shit. And of course, that's not working. But like on that freeway, it's like lots of tall trees, you know, that separates you and the other side of the freeway. And uh, so we're driving down, and then uh, we was like, okay, maybe we should just start going faster, you know? We'll just try to get around this thing and fucking start going. <laughs> yeah. It's the, best way to, it's yeah. the best way to survive right there. Yeah. Inside of like, tornadoes. You, you look at where the storm is, and you go the other direction, and you drive away. Oh, and see, then, perpendicular. Because like, you know, I went, uh, like, that one F5 um, tornado that we had here in Oklahoma City, I, uh, I went to Miller City, and I picked up my nephew's. And, and this was after that one that we had, we were all like, you know, probably in high school, you know? And so like, I, I pulled up there and I was like, I was like, yo, get in the car. And they're all like playing video. And they're like, why, why would they get in the car? And I was like, get in the fucking car. We're driving to Edmond. And they were like, why? And I was like, cause there ain't no goddamn tornadoes in Edmond. We're going to Edmond. <laughs> I was like, we're going to Edmond. I was like, we're going to go have some dinner. And I was like, and then later on, we're going to come back and hope that the house is still there. Like, and so that's what we did. And, and they were like, I don't know why you're so like, like adamant about doing this. And I'm like, dude, I've literally watched an F5 destroy a fucking school. Yeah. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like we've seen storms that have massively demolished this city. So like, like, like you don't want to be in that. You don't want to be a part of that. Well, this right. happened kind of the other way around because we didn't know where it was coming from and uh when we started speeding up thinking where we're gonna get ahead of this mm -hmm. thing and try to get there nah instantly it was just fucking blanket of white dude like you didn't even know it was it was there yeah it just whoosh, all this water across your windshield everybody's like mm, fuck this shit pulling off to the side <laughs> of the road everybody's under the bridge and there's probably like two of us like yeah fuck you we're going dude like punch it baby yeah we got to like uh the rest uh, rest area i'm like mm, stop there keep going nah keep going i'll take my chances so i just follow that fucking one yellow line that's yeah. on the side of the road <laughs> yeah my uh my dad uh he was a truck driver and um we used to travel with him on the truck and he would ride the eye of the storms of, of like hurricanes because Jesus he said if you Christ. don't because he's like if we stay then you're gonna get swept you're up. gonna get swept up but he's like but if you stay in the eye and if we get farther enough into the eye we could pull out of the eye and then we could get out and then be wherever we're at and i mean this dude like 22 year truck driver 
extremely experienced at what he did, you know, before he passed away. Like, but I mean that, yeah, just travel the eye. And that, and so that's what I learned. He was like, you can see the rain bands as you drive. So you're like looking at that line where the wall is and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to follow this and hopefully get out of it. I've heard stories of people being picked up by tornadoes and like, um, this one uh, cop one time, uh, that was telling my sister that like he got picked up. And his whole vehicle got spinned around, and then it got set down perfectly in like a parking spot. And he like, and he was looking around. He's like, "Are you what?" And he's like, he thought he was gonna die, and he just came out of it. And he was just like, "Grown." He gets out of the car and he looks around. And he's sitting in this parking lot, and he's like parked. And it's like he's like, "Well, I'm now a believer in God." Grown you know? <laughs> up in Oklahoma, man. It's like I I had seen a tornado as a kid off in the distance so you know a lot of oklahomans or okies have lived here and they've never actually seen one per up close but uh me and my wife you know it's kind of exciting you know when storm season picks up you know and then then 2013 happened and i ain't fucking excited about it no more we got <laughs> caught up in we had a co-worker his daughter was killed at that school um just and lots of people lost their homes you know and is that the anymore yeah yeah see uh my grandpa we all lived in that house down the street from that school over there it was like 146th or whatever mm. the fuck it is over there um but yeah i had moved out in november and then my grandpa had moved out just before that you know or after that sorry and then the tornado happened and then oh. yeah dude he had already just sold his house and he yeah. was out well we when me and my wife got we actually got wrapped up in the El Reno one the week after. And yeah, after that year, I'm like, fuck this shit, man. Yeah, that ripped everything apart. Yeah, and it looks like we're due. This year is going to be a... It's shaping up to be another... Last year was pretty tame. Rough year, yeah. Last year was pretty tame. Uh, one of my good ones was, like, I got the whole Wizard of Oz treatment because, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was up in Missouri and, like, uh, my... My, uh, I was no, going to say, no, sorry, you wear women's Missouri. shoes, is that sorry, it? Not misery. Not misery. <laughs> we were in Arkansas looking over into misery. Um, but it was at night, and like we were out walking the dogs on this uh, hill, and you could see like 23 miles out over the border to where they were. But like the only way you could see the tornado was with all the lightning flashes and shit. Oh, like, oh man. Shit. And then, of course, like it scared the fuck out of me because one of the siren poles was right there and like I didn't register what, why the fuck that was going on. You know? <laughs> what the fuck? Like, oh yeah, tornado. At least probably bounce. So that was pretty cool. But it totally had that black and white look to it like Wizard of Oz. Dude, the silhouette of a tornado in a nighttime. Oh dude, terrifying. Yeah, it's crazy. Jesus. So what happened with the thing in Wisconsin? Did you actually get stuck on the highway? Or nope, did... drove right out of it. Oh, damn. Yeah, made it right off the freeway. But when we got there, man, like the they got huge old trees there, and it literally ripped the fucking arms and trunks and everything right off of them, dude. It's like, oh, my God. And they're massive, like, massive hunk of trees, man. And it just went in there and ripped some shit up and trashed it a little bit. But for the most part, they were okay. And, damn. But it was pretty crazy, man. That's pretty crazy. And, and stuck in a car, that's the worst place to be. Yep, it was pretty good, but everything worked out. We just punched right through. Punch it! Yep, pretty much. Hey. Keep going. <laughs> All the road. Nobody else is on it. Everybody else is hiding underneath the bridge. You know? Woo! It's all good. Take your chances. I'm just glad my kids went there. Yeah? Yeah. Otherwise, I may have stopped off. I don't know. All right. 
Well. Depends on how everybody's taking it. Man, that's that's just a bad situation. You're just kind of fucked either way on that yeah, one. Yeah, it happened. And we had no warning. <laughs> and like as soon as the alarms were going off on the, on the phone, my friend was calling me. I was like, okay, this is all happening at once. <laughs> yeah. So right. did you get to play the gig? <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything was cool, man. Uh, I ended up like uh, getting to the where I was staying at and catching a few Zs and then playing later that night, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Everything was cool and tame. No more bad weather and everything was cool on the way back home. Wow. Yeah. So is that, like you said, most of your gigs are up north. And as far been. as uh, getting a scene happening in Oklahoma, I know we were talking earlier, Oklahoma City is really know, so spread out. It's a, it's around, you know, because you got like the Burning Man culture people, you know. Um, you got, they're, they're everywhere, you know. I know like Paseo is a good area to start, you know. Um, but I'm not so sure about the trance part of it. I don't know. They're, they're that, into like that the, seems more like a, a music you would listen to in a private setting, some of that, you know? It seems it, like it'd be better f for that. It depends. Yeah. depends, but I, I guarantee, like, I get you out to one of the good ones, you know, and, like, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have it any other way, you know? Well, you know, you pump enough LSD in me and... I'm ready for anything. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> I'm ready for anything, so I mean... Oh, that's cool. But no, like, it'll change it. And, like, even, like, the music itself will be different from the way you've, like, remember. You may not even recognize, like, something you've heard over and over and over, you know? And that happens to me sometimes. And I like that, and I enjoy that because it's a surprise to me. What do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? Okay, so, like, this music, like... And, and this happens in all types of music, but it, it's designed this way, you know, but like how how you use delays and like just, I, I don't know, let's see. How it's built, I don't know, your, your brain reacts with it, the music comes okay. alive in all right, it, me, it's, it's changed, you know. So let me, let me try and ask that better. Um, like uh, traditional music, music like what I what I've tried to calculate immediately is verse, chorus, verse, it's, bridge. Well, no, it's still different than, and I guess that's not even what I'm trying to get at. Like, because uh, it's like it's different than like a Pink Floyd experience type of deal, um, or even just a regular EDM type of uh, experience. You know, uh, fuck, it's different. The music becomes alive, and there's a lot of uh, organicness to it. Like, there's a lot of liquid type of sound, too, and your brain also reacts with that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, fucking ungodly, does it? And like I said, man, it induces a lot of things in your mind, you know, that almost feel godlike, you know? Like, people can take it different ways depending on what style of music there is. There's all kinds of stuff, man. There's, like, some really, like, up-tempo, like, dark stuff, you know, uh, that really take you places and people can take it as like demons or people can take it like aliens, you know? <laughs> like, well, do you come, like when you're producing your own stuff or you're composing your own stuff, do you latch or not latch onto, but do you use traditional, uh, like Western music scales and modes to compose or do you just kind of say, Oh, that sounds good. Let's go there. A little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit of both. Like, uh, some of my other tracks on here, um, probably one that we'll play. It's actually got some traditional ones, the the Easter ones I like. Um, but some of the the more up tempo stuff there, it's it's a little different. Like it kind of almost writes itself, you know. Hmm. Um, because it, the angle of what I'm going for is a little different, you know. 
it's more energetic you know i'm i'm trying to like put more of an energetic assault to it something you can like really like surf on you know i was gonna ask that too yeah so like if you get hired to play a gig um what like, are you playing as a as a like a rock and roll dude like we if they say all right we want your band to play this show so okay we got to put a show together so we want to open do we want to open coming out guns blazing and a, you know real kick it off or do we want to open a little slower and then build it and then i'd probably build it you know especially with like how not frequent it is out here you know I'd probably like start with what I'm doing now. Typically, ease into it. Yeah, ease into it. Something that's more ingestible. And like I said, with those, because it's slower, there's more room for ingestibility of the sound and the experience to happen. You know. Yeah. And it's also, like I said, it's easier to to accept, <laughs> you know, to adapt to, and then you can start realizing the other sounds when they start incorporating in like the different style because it's like the same element but it's just orchestrated differently. You know. And like once you start listening to it after a while, it's like all these genres that we thought were different were all almost encompassed in one genre, which is just psychedelic period, you know. Hmm. And that's what I enjoy about it, period, because it's not just one genre. It's like everybody else has kind of got their, you know, their taste, you know, and they kind of stick to that and they sit in it, you know. And they, I'm sure they get bored a little while and they start dabbling this and that. But like I've noticed with this stuff, it's like I dabble in it all, you know. It pretty much, you can take the psychedelic element and turn it with anything, you know. You can take an orchestra and do all kinds of stuff with it, and you can take like music that sounds like eight-bit stuff and make it entire tunes out of you know. Like there's like stuff that you call like glitch, and it's really like highly edited music, you know, and it's produces rhythms and symphonies and all sorts of things. Hmm. Well, I know that this week they released that. Uh, they did Amy Winehouse, Nirvana, and another one. I can't remember who it was, but the Nirvana one, everybody's like, well, it doesn't, sounds like shit. And I'm like, well, Nirvana didn't exactly surf on their polished sound. I mean, but the computer is completely computer generated. And that Amy Winehouse one was pretty good, man. I have to heard it. I, I didn't even know that happened, actually. I just, I can't imagine... If it's that good now, I can't imagine that by in, in 10 years, music will be entirely digitally created on some level. It already is. Oh, I mean, yeah. it already is. Like my one friend says, like uh, Slate Digital gives you all the pedals and all the stuff that you actually need to create any sound. And wow. and, and you're talking, he was like, yeah, you know, there's studios in, in um, what was it, uh, Nashville and all that kind of stuff. He goes, I can download things for my computer that can make it where it will sound like I'm in that room. Yeah, I almost have no external instruments whatsoever. The only thing I really have is yeah. a power distributor. <laughs> my amp, <laughs> which I just use a Crown amp, like a 2000 watt amp. Uh, I got my uh, my iMac, uh, and then I got my two monitors, and, that's about it, and my sub, that's it, man. Everything else is on my computer. Hmm. Um, I got a few VSTs, external instruments that I'd used for like processing and things like that, whether it's uh, like EQs. Um, I got a few ones that like allow me to use other programs instead of slaving them out and drawing down processing power and all that shit. You know, now they've made them where they're actually external instruments, so that's also pretty nifty now. So now I can just load a channel up of something from another program, you know, and act like it's part of the, the program that I'm using. That's fucking wild, man. 
you can also download and buy other ones from you know third-party people you know fucking like he was saying like slate's a big one um well, what's another one? I can't even think of it off. Uh, I get ads from all of them, but there's like Outpost, and then there's. Uh, I'm on ADSR a lot. Yeah, that's another. Uh, Waves. Yeah. That's Waves. What it is. Waves. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot of good ones out there. I I, I used to I, I used to sit there and like download loops and stuff, and I would make um I would use like Acid Pro and make music back when I was in like high school, you know. So I have some music that I've made that's on on like a hard drive somewhere that's like that, but. Yeah, and it, and it's getting better and better and better. Um, I even like like you're saying, it's like a physical piece of equipment that you would have needed before, mm -hmm. and now it's digitally. Um, I have like an EQ that like uh, the Rolling Stones, what they mm -hmm. use like actually in their fucking studio, but it's actually this digital fucking instrument that I just load up to it and it's yeah, the real deal. Yeah, like a touchpad or like how this thing can be on the guitar. And it is damn accurate. It's not perfect, and there's an obvious difference when you have a tube amp at volume versus a digital rig. But for the room, or even a like a small gig, this thing, it's got a thousand amps in there. And a thousand pedals. Tell the people what that is, what you're talking about. Oh, it's a Digitech <laughs> uh, workstation. They can't processor. see you, sir. Well, it's a processor, yeah. Guitar players unite, y'all know what I mean. It's uh, it's basically it's a pedal board in a box that's small, and it has about everything that's ever existed on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, everybody's good on time. You're good on time. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You want to uh, throw uh, wrap this up with uh, maybe our favorite. Uh, Favorite. Well, he's gonna play some his music on here. Okay. Yeah. So. Do we want to edit it in or? No, we're just gonna play it. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah you can uh, just play that first one. You may want to sound check it first. I don't know how it'll come in. Well, we gotta do a, a best psychedelic trip story. Best psychedelic trip story. We can we can do that as.
Hey guys, that was sign of state. This is a message for professional painters from your friends at Benjamin Moore. Professional painters. Thank you for listening to your customers. Thank you for paying attention. That's This is why we don't do SoundCloud, guys. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I could have just brought the turntables. Like you. Don't fucking throw this goddamn table. Not enough room for it too. All right, all right, all right. We'll wrap this up with. Most intense and or just best overall psychedelic experience ever. Mm, psychedelic experience. Um, I've had a couple of them. Like one of them on DMT. It's just, I don't know, the music I was listening to probably was what really drove it. You know, it was really fast, really upbeat. A lot of the menacing type of atmospheres. But I probably like my most intense and like eye-opening experience probably on LSD. Um, standing in a, my kitchen, I was probably peeking pretty pretty well. <laughs> but uh, I was just staring outside my window, and all the birds were outside, you know, going nuts. And like the wind is blowing all the plants, you know. So it's like that's kind of hypnotizing. Looks but like a Picasso painting outside. Kind of, probably a little bit better. I'm not really a Picasso fan. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Probably more Van Goghish. Probably more Van Goghish. But now, <laughs> um, but like the sound, man. Because like I'm again, like I'm a sound guy, man. And like the the sound of like the fridge or whatever it was, and like looking outside and just whatever the sound my mind was making, you know, it was all resonating, and I was just focusing on that and channeling it, and channeling it until it's just like. I felt like a fucking Dragon Ball Z character right about to fucking explode right out of there, man. Like, serious. Like, it felt like I was being called, you know, and, like, I just kept just focusing on it, and it kept vibrating harder and harder, and, of course, you feel it on your forehead, yeah. you know. Yeah, I know, I know that sensation. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, dude. But it's, and then you start experiencing, like, dual consciousness and things like that, you know, and that's where you start getting back into that, that higher self, you know. And yeah, then, it's wild how... Um, it's, 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 it's wild how different trips for different people, uh, say it's LSD or we'll just say that, you know, if you give two people acid, they could have wildly different trips, but it if you give, on the mind. yeah, but if you give two people DMT, it seems like there's always very similar elements involved which it's all it's pretty fascinating man. a lot of people talk about l's man a lot of people talk about l's i had i, I have not experienced seen, that no yeah you know and that's why again i start thinking about the fucking the nephilim and all that shit again you know because like they look what that sculpture looked like look like a fucking elf or goblin or something <laughs> you know you know and these are supposed to be the well, i mean yeah they're like, supposed to be the high superior beings. You know? They're going to be like talking about all these things in fairy tales and giants yeah, and no all shit. these things. Like, like historically, it's like it's like was it mostly drug induced or was it like yeah, know, what or came was first? it like what came first? Was it were, were those things actually there? And we, we just kind of described animals and certain things a different way. And so like, or even if you go back and you believe in like the ancient alien type conspiracy theory stuff, then it talks about well, why why are 
these little statues like this? Why do they look like planes? Why do they look like these things? And it's like, well, we don't know. Where did we but, fathom but this? But why did we come up with all this stuff in our brains? And yet we did. And we did way back. Way back before, you know, the time frames now. So, And I, I think it's my belief that they're related, you know. Do you, do you uh, give credit to the theory that the uh, ayahuasca, uh, not the ayahuasca bush, the, uh, I can't remember the name. Vacation? No, it's the tree that it's from. It's actually found in Israel very prominently that that could also be where the start of Talking about DMT. The Bible? Yeah. Yeah, the Bible, that's the acacia the bush. Acacia, that's it's what acacia. I was trying to Yeah, it's that, that's the burning bush that Moses saw, which is... Is that you th- well, it's kind of a funny story because the burning bush that was burning was an acacia bush, but the acacia bush has DMT inside yeah. of it. So well, and it's it's also you see mushrooms in biblical art, uh-huh. and it said that they were eating the mushrooms too. I mean, yeah. and the uh, the paper of the Bible was originally like most of the pr- prints that were made were all like the same paper that you use for rolling paper. Oh, nice. Joints. Yeah, dude, they're they're like <laughs> it's all they're, the same. dude. Forty years in the motherfucking desert, they're gonna be like finding some shit to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Man, I, I don't and, know I, that that something about DMT is is uh, totally different than any other thing on Earth. And not in a bad way, I think. Uh, and the scariest thing is, you can do it without the DMT. So they've it's heard. It's really hard training. Like, it really is, but you can do it without it. Is it like the, the Wim Hof breathing and those meditation practices? Those deep- There's all kinds of different ways, but, like, eventually you'll hit there. It doesn't happen in, like, a single setting. It, like, it takes years right. and years of practice for these guys to really get to that point. And when they do, it, like... Like you say, it's like the life-changing thing. Yeah. You start experiencing things differently, and you no longer perceive it like singularly, like I said, you know. Well, and it, I think it puts it in perspective of, it puts, it reminds you that it is finite. Like, you know, only get one one trip around, the, you know, so make it worth it. Right, and it said that we should learn these things before we pass on, because if we pass on not knowing these things and we're just doomed to recycle and possibly have at it again, you know. Hey, there's all kinds of different beliefs on that one. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and DMT was definitely, uh, I wouldn't call it life-altering or life-changing, but uh, life-reaffirming. Like, I came out of it with a, a profound sense of uh, gratitude, you know, in a, in a weird way. Humbleness. Humbled. And, and just, it just reminded me that I'm right where I need to be, which I guess, I might sound spoiled to say that, I guess, but uh, I mean, it is what it is, but I would say my best experience ever on any, anything was we went to a Shinedown Godsmack concert and there was a band from New Zealand opening up for them called like a storm great band kick-ass band but uh i had a buddy of mine he's a stand-up comic not the guy that was in here the other day so you guys can rest your heads uh <laughs> he uh he said you going to the show i said well yeah of course you know so he's like hey man take this before the show he handed me two drop two squares of acid i'm like okay hell yeah you know so we take off out of the house. My buddy's driving. I don't have to worry about that. Take it. 
and like we had VIP seating, so we were right up front. And uh, I was like, man, it's not, nothing's happening. You know, maybe it was bunk. It takes a little while. Happens, man. you know. It takes a little while. And then all I remember was I was looking at the the monitors on the sides of the stage, those huge, those big stacks, you know, speakers, and I seen them vibrating with the sound. It was so loud, and they was, made it look fuzzy, made it look distorted. So I'm like. I kept blinking like uh, you know and it's like oh oh and then shine down comes on and I'm full on peeking Perfect and they smile. got lasers and they got explosions and they got all this shit going on fog machine and everything's great I'm having a fucking spiritual orgasm experience here in the middle of a show and then they get through the first three songs and they kill all the lights house lights everything and at that moment i almost passed out because <laughs> so what happened you can't go from being overstimulated like that peeking on acid at a concert and then yank the rug out from under you whoa <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> but that was my favorite that was my best time uh, at probably any concert anyways that was just such a great time and that's the thing with a lot of those is, is if you're in a good frame of mind and you're going to go have a good time, you're going to have a great time. But yeah. if you take them and you're looking for something and you're down, it might not be the best. No, dude, I've had people like leave on me. Like from like a gathering where we're at, you know, it's like I had a person like just up and disappear, you know, like <laughs> snuck out the back into his fucking van. Irish goodbyes. <laughs> you, I know, that's all. Around, you're, like, you're like, where'd they go? Dude, text them. Yeah, that, that was interesting just as fuck. Go and it was funny go because, for a walk or? it was funny because I was playing like, I, I don't think it was my music, but another artist that I liked, you know, and it was really high tempo and just, it was really good stuff, you know, and uh, it's like. <laughs> Where's son so you know? Where'd he go? <laughs> you're like, oh, he's probably outside, probably catching his fucking breath or something, you know? About nine hours later, they walk up to you and they're like, dude, man, I had the craziest fucking night. Man. Oh, no, it, was, it wasn't even that. Like, because I go out in the backyard and, like, nope, fucking not here in the yard. So I go around to the front yard, you know, and his van was gone. Jeez. It's like, oh, shit. Well, he made it all the way from uh, uh, Midwest City, all the way down to. Uh, to Walmart in Edmond. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Not good. What is on a mission somewhere? Hey, he was he was trying to get home. Like he ended up making it home. But God, man. And it's like it's so funny because like I know like you get those moments of clarity. You know when you think it's all over with. You know like I'm, yeah. I'm good, but like no. A buddy told yeah. me a story one time that he uh, he was just drinking, but he was so drunk that he like missed the exit Oof. to his house. And he drove like almost a hundred miles because he was like, I don't know why I'm not getting home and just kept driving. And oh, just realized, no. And then he woke up and he was in another city and like, just didn't know how he got there. Yeah, man. Folks, like, Uber, don't, do not drive no after shit. consuming anything. So it's like, I should just always just take the goddamn keys and shit. <laughs> well, then it's, you know, they'll take off walking on you. God damn it. I have to put a fucking bell on him every time. It just you just never know. It's probably just always best to just keep it to yourself and family, like any close knit people or people who you know are experienced, you know. Yeah. Uh, words you, words to live by, man. Yeah, unless Definitely. they've never experienced any of that stuff before and probably just chill back. 
Well, <clears throat> I guess we can wrap it up here. I mean, is there anything you want to put out there? If uh, any way people can contact you for gigs or anything like that, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you guys can find my music at uh, www.soundcloud.com forward slash Danny Skill, and that's a D A N I S K I L L. And you can find me on uh, Facebook as well as uh, Sinistalian Skill. All right, Sinistalian right. Skill. Also got a little guest with us here. It's my buddy that uh, works with me on amplifiers and pedals and stuff. His name is Paul Himbera. Paul, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Paul. <laughs> I've been uh, working with Brad kind of... Uh, about a on, year, year and a half? Yeah, about a year, year and a half, you know, working on just different kinds of projects, guitars, amps, just it's, pedals. I mean, I haven't really been involved much into the whole music industry, but, you know, when I met you, you know, you kind of brought that on in me, and I kind of just took it on really have enjoyed every every part of it it's been a whole fun ride you know and it's been it's building it's been slow and we doing this in the middle of a, a year when you know having good amps and good gear is uh from gigging with your band so if you're not getting gigs then you're not going to be putting money on repairing this stuff so or not until it comes time to play gigs again just the exposure yeah it's just but you know that's something that we're building and all of this the 13th step tone solutions uh is attached to the podcast which the podcast is falls under more bands media which is jonathan's gig yeah go so, for it man yeah um so i mean uh morebands.com I'm, I'm currently working on and getting it all set up uh pretty getting pretty close and um more bands media basically the idea is that we give artists all the things that they need to projectively get the music to the people so if, if that means that we will like offer locations to help work on gear or to even like offer recording studios a venue like that's our end goal and so um and the uh, local earshot podcast it uh it runs on the value for value model that's time talent and treasure um so you know we we definitely thank you for your listening in on the on the episode um our guests definitely appreciate it um and so then your you know uh talent basically we're looking for people to interview if you're inside the industry if you work in um, music if you work in produce you know production if you're in uh, bands if you're in uh like anything djs you know just everything type of music that we all listen to on a daily basis and um and the people in the production industry that's trying to get you know if you own a recording studio and you're trying to get a band to come and record and stuff then we want to get your information out there to get them in front of the people because honestly the platforms that we all have um facebook um um like YouTube, all these things, they're they're all being saturated, and a lot of it is actually being controlled. And that's another thing that I don't like to do. I love the value for value system because like it, it gives the power back to us. We can say what we want on this podcast. We don't have to sit here and have we have sponsors and then come to us and be like, hey, we don't want you cussing on your podcast. We don't want you talking about this subject. Um, so, and I, and I, I really, for morebands.com want to have that freedom for artists so they can just make their music and not be harassed 
by the industry. And so, um, and then uh, Treasure, basically, if you want to donate to the Local Earshot podcast, you can go to localearshot.com slash donate. Uh, we take all cryptos. We also take Vitmo and um, Cash App. Uh, and and we'll probably be working on doing some other uh, ways of promotion. Uh, if you donate $5 or more, uh, we'll actually send your message on the air um, and, and let you know. Uh, anybody that donates is considered a producer on the episode. So if you um if you go on there and you actually like donate to us then we put your name inside the credits as being a producer of that episode uh you can use that anywhere if somebody like tries to contact me through email um then basically i'll tell them yeah you know they are a producer on the show and so if you go for a job interview or something like that then you can be you can put that down as a thing you know that you're a producer for this show so um other than that, I think good to we're go. good to go. Well, we got some yeah. upcoming gigs here in Oklahoma City. I was going to shout out to people. Uh, if y'all are interested, it it's kind of covers the whole thing here. Uh, mostly comedians. Uh, that seems to be the hot ticket item that's coming back. But there are some, some gigs. Uh, the Diamond Ballroom, we've got uh, Jason Boland and the Stragglers. He's an Oklahoma boy. And he's uh, got the red dirt kind of country rock thing going. Great band. I mean, I've seen him a couple of times. Uh, that'll be uh, April 19th. That's a Saturday. And we got Corey Taylor at the end of May. That gig is sold out, folks. Sorry about you. It's on uh, Wednesday, May 26th. So if you are lucky and you can find some and root them out, you know, have at it. Bricktown Comedy Club, we got Brian Regan. He's playing uh, April 23rd through April 25th. Tickets are still available. Brian Regan is a great comic. Um, he, he's known as, uh, he does a clean, mostly clean act. But, uh, yeah, great, great, great. Chad Daniels, I love this dude. Uh, April 27th and 28th, tickets are available. Chico Bean, I don't recognize him, but uh, he's headlining April 30th through May 2nd. And then, I don't know if I should shout this out until I get tickets first. (laughs) But Ron White is going to be there from June 17th to June 19th. And they do open mics every Wednesday, so if you guys want to drop balls and uh, step up to the mic and give your shot, by all means, Wednesday night's the night to do it. And so. the, uh, the Blue Note, uh, I just want to point out um, that if you go to the, the Facebook page for the Blue Note, uh, they are actually um, posting shows now, so they're going to start doing some local shows. Uh, cool. I've noticed that a few of the venues, they are actually starting to do local shows again. Um, I'll probably start um, listing them on uh, the local Airshot page and probably on morebands.com. I'll probably start listing all the events um, on the events page. So then it will just start showing like what's going to be going on in Oklahoma City for artists. Um, so Cool. Yeah. Sounds good, man. All right. I'm Brad Biggs with 13 Step Tone Solutions, and this is your local Earshot. Thank you.